Amen. It'll be in the house of the Lord, ain't it? Amen. If you can't get excited about a heaven after messes like that, there's something wrong, isn't it, right? Uh, songwriter said, my heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling on. We certainly have gotten too comfortable in this world, haven't we? And uh, man, uh, that's right, we have. And uh, we've, got our, we've got a lot invested. That's why. Well, we need to invest some things in a heavenly country, then we'll be interested in going there. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot invested down here, you want to stay. That's right. You've got a lot invested in the house and cars and portfolios and all that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to say you get it. You get some things invested in heaven, you'll be interested in going there too. Amen. I appreciate that. appreciate the preaching. And I thank God for the meeting thus far. And uh, appreciate how the Lord's helped and moved. And do appreciate goodness of God. appreciate your brother Nick letting us uh, come and say a few words, This uh, preach a little bit. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to look in Luke chapter 17 tonight. Luke 17. And uh, we'll preach what the Lord's laid upon our heart. I preached uh, a series of messages on servants uh, several uh, while back, back last year. And I've had this on my heart for a few days now. I feel like this is the Lord's direction. But if you find your place, you'll stand with us. We'll begin reading in verse number 7 of Luke 17. The Bible says, But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet. And I will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. That word means I think not. So likewise ye, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. You can be seated. I'm interested in that. Verse number 10. He said, uh, after you've done that which you've been commanded to do, not having received any thanks, you say we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. I want to preach on the unprofitable servant tonight. With the help of the Lord, we know the scripture totally goes against our human nature. It always has and it always will. And I guess there are people that are living... And we know all of us have been there before. Some feel like they're profitable. Some, as the scriptures say, have learned to address themselves as unprofitable. I guess we would call it, in this day and hour, I guess the word entitled would, would, uh, would fit the description. We think of the word entitled. We all know what that's about in these days. And... Uh, our human nature is geared to be entitled. And you have to fight that till the day you die if you're going to live for God. 
and, uh, and entitled generations or a, a person that thinks themselves profitable, uh, they, they feel that they are more superior than others in comparison. Certainly do. God help us not to feel like we're better than anybody else. They have no desire to meet the needs of others. It's all about me, myself, and I. They have no desire even to compromise their desires. Uh, and they'll, ex- they'll do it at the expense of their relationships, uh, family, and friends. They won't give an inch because they feel entitled. You know how many marriages have been ruined uh, and how many churches have been uh, destroyed and how many families uh, have been broken apart because people feel that they are entitled. They feel that they're somehow profitable. Right. They will make it a point to insult others who have uh, achieved goals. They will do that. They, uh, they have self-pity and they'll seek attention is what they'll do. The same rules that apply to them certainly do not apply to anybody else. And uh, they don't believe you ought to start at the bottom and work your way up. I'm going to tell you, if you're going to do anything for God, you're going to have to learn that you're a servant of the Lord. That's right. They feel put out when people ask them for small favors. And when somebody helps them, they, they don't want to return the favor. Uh, you expect people to be interested. Many do. They expect people to be interested in their agenda and not anybody else's. I, I've got several preachers that I've talked to over the years, and you have too, brethren, and they may call you up or they uh, address you. They'll come and talk to you, and they'll say, Well, how did the service go on Sunday? What did you preach on? You'll get one word out of your mouth and I, and they're all about shutting you down and telling you what they've done, what they've accomplished, what their church is doing, how good they a service they had, how blessed it was, and they forget that they asked you. Listen, listen. I don't feel I don't feel put down because of that. I just like you asked me, and I was going to tell you what the Lord done, and I'm going to tell you. Listen, we have to be careful doing that. I want to say they, they feel that way. People be interested in their gender, but never show people. Listen, you ought to show some interest when people talk to you. Let them talk a little bit. Amen. Amen. Now, I know some people can get totally out of hand. They can get totally out of hand. You ask somebody how they're doing. And you might, you know, sometimes you have to walk away after about an hour and a half of it. Hey, I've got things to do. I've got places I need to be. And I, I, I don't have, but we want to show some interest in people. And help them and, and, and let them know that we care about them. That's right. Listen to what they've got to say. Listen to their concerns and their problems. And I'm, I'll tell you, we ought to share one another, bear one another's burdens. And that's not just a one-way street. That's a two-way street. A servant learns to do that. That's right. So then there are those who feel they're entitled. that they, You have to, you're feel like you had to walk around egg, on eggshells around somebody. I'm telling you, God help us not to be that way. But uh, they're always first in line at, at homecoming meals and all that stuff. Listen, that's an entitled generation. That's right. And listen, I'm not against getting in line first, but every time, that's right, every single time, amen. Hey, put others ahead of yourself. So what are we entitled to? What do we deserve? I would say this, if you've read your Bible at all, you understand this, that we're not entitled to anything but a one-way ticket to hell. 
That's what we really deserve. That's what we're really entitled to is to, to go to hell and not ever get out again. But aren't you glad God showed mercy? Aren't you glad God's been good to us? That's right. Amen. Even after you're saved, you say, well, preacher, I'm entitled. A lot of preachers get the idea well, I, ought to, I ought to be taken care of as a preacher. And I believe you ought to take care of the man of God. Church, our pastor takes good care of me. Uh, but listen, I ain't going to get the pooch mouth that they don't. Because Paul said, I'm entitled to a, a crucified life. Nevertheless, I'm entitled. He said, nevertheless, I'm crucified with Christ. Hey, how many would uh, you'd say to Paul? Oh, Paul. Who would, who would say to Paul when he, when he received the Jews' uh, stripes five times? When he was thrice beaten with rods and stoned and thrice suffered shipwreck, how many would have said to Paul, Paul, you don't deserve that. You're not, you're not deserving of that. You deserve better than that. I'm going to tell you, you think about it, what we really deserve. So uh, we think that life here owes us something. But... Our life is that of a crucified, self-sacrificing life, or should be. That's hard for us to. That's hard for us to swallow. That's strong medicine. That's strong medicine for somebody that feels entitled. That feels like they're profitable. Feel like they have done something. Feel like they've accomplished something in life. That's tough to swallow. But I want to look here and, and think about some things now. When when you think about it and. and we, we don't deserve anything. Listen, we live, in a, we live in a country where we've been told that you deserve to be, your government owes you. Listen, listen, that's not the case. The government was established by God to protect us, not to provide for us. Right. Hey, the best thing a Democrat ever said was, uh, that's not what your co- country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Uh, JFK, by the way. He's a long time gone, and so are all the old school Democrats who come with him. But, but we, we know that what the Bible tells us about. But I want to look at a few things tonight with the help of the Lord, and you pray for us that God would help us. When you come to this scripture, the Bible says we are unprofitable servants. He says you need to say that. That has got to be in your vocabulary if you're going to do anything for God. It's got to become a part of your speech, your mentality, your thinking that you are an unprofitable servant. That's a preacher. I don't like that. Of course we don't. No, we don't like that. We don't like talking about ourselves like that. We don't like for others to talk to ourselves about like And we certainly don't like God to call us an unprofitable servant. So when we get to this place in our life, he says, verse number 9, Doth he think that that servant, because he did the things which were commanded him, does he thank him? No. That's hard to take, ain't it? We don't like to feel unappreciated. Our church has a pastor appreciation every October. Man, I love it. I do. And I appreciate the gifts, and I appreciate the cards, and I appreciate the bonus, thank God. Hey, Amen. I appreciate that and all the church does for us. But I'm not entitled to that. That is not owed me because the Bible says I, my mentality should be that of I'm an unprofitable servant. Amen. That's right. So this is going to 
several things that's going to change. We begin to learn that we're unprofitable service. It's going to change the mentality about myself. It changes the mentality about myself. Entitled culture teaches that we deserve to have things given to us. We should have special privileges. Is that the case? But think about it. What do we really deserve? Really, in light of what he's done, in light of what I've done, compared to what he's done, I'm going to tell you, we're low on the totem pole. That's right. He says we should say, I am unprofitable. Spurgeon said this, Growing saints think themselves nothing. Full-grown saints think themselves less than nothing. Ain't that something? So it changes our mentality about self. If you learn, if you learn, as the Scripture says, we, uh, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which is our duty to do. I'm unprofitable. That's right. That's what we've got to learn. I'm going to tell you that's going to change mentality and how highly we think of ourselves. Oh, we like to think highly of ourselves, do we not? We like for people to think highly of us. We like to be on the top. We like to be on the posters. We like to be on the marquee. We like to have our, our name in limelight. I want to tell you, God, help us. The Bible says we are unprofitable servants. He said, you say. Oh, we had not learned to say that yet. That's right. And I'm going to tell you, that gets down to where the rubber meets the road when we have to say we are unprofitable servants. That's right. So it's going to change the mentality about self. I want to say this. It will also change the motive of service. Now he says we've done that which is our duty to do. Our duty. You shouldn't ever get upset. Especially us preachers, we shouldn't ever get upset having to clean the toilet. We shouldn't ever have to get upset taking out the trash. Hey, man. That's right. If you think too highly of yourself, you might. That's right. Hey, uh, servants in the church, everybody. And why do we do what we do anyway? That's right. Why do we do what we do? Is it so everybody can say, oh, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, they really work hard around the church and we're hoping that people will just relay the message to one another that that brother or that sister is such a blessing to the church. That's right. Oh, they do work. And we're sitting over here looking all lowly and and trying to be humble about it and in our mind we're puffed up and in our thinking we're puffed up because we're doing it because we are expecting thanks we're expecting appreciation and we do not he says should he doth he thank that servant because he did the things we were commanded him I trow not he never even thanked him for what he'd done he never got an appreciation right he never got a thank you that's right do I need applause do I need appreciation or approval do I need to thank myself awesome that's right look what he says here in verse number 8 he says uh, 
will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup. The Lord talking to him. His master. And gird, look at, gird thyself. You put on that garment of a servant. And serve me till I have eaten and drunken. And afterward thou shalt eat and drink. In other words, you need to come last. You be the last one. Oh, that goes against our nature, does it not? Oh, he says, serve me. We'll say I'm more deserving than this. God, help us. I mean, I've got my feelings hurt before because I felt like people didn't appreciate me enough and didn't thank me enough and I didn't get the, hey man, I didn't get the pats on the back that I should have, should have had. Uh, don't look at me like you innocents. You all thought the same thing too. You've all had that same mentality. We've all, we've all been victim of that and God help us. We are unprofitable servants. That's right. Servant is always a debtor of service. A master is never a debtor of reward. That's right. I remember several years ago, actually a long time ago, before I started preaching, I worked on an ambulance. And I've been a fireman for years and volunteer, but I worked on the ambulance for a little while. And some days we would run zero calls. And then some days they'd slam us. We'd run 15 or 20 calls. But you know what? I got paid the same thing either way. Whether I was running zero or one call or uh, 20 calls in that day. The boss man didn't call and say, man, y'all done great today. Didn't follow him around and say, man, you're such a good EMT. You're such a good ambulance driver. We couldn't do this without you. I mean, we couldn't survive. How this place would fall apart if you weren't around. No, I got none of that. Uh, you say, well, you should have. No, I'm not deserving of that. The Bible says we're not. We're just doing what we're supposed to do. So, preacher, I, I worked for a construction outfit one year, and it was back in... In 06, 07, when the economy took a, a nosedive. Well, they were being good to us as long as the economy was good and we were getting good bonuses at Christmas. One year. They just didn't have the money to do it. I, I can understand, but I thought, man, they should have took out a loan or done something so I could have got my Christmas bonus that year. And I was very disappointed. But I want to tell you, according to the Scriptures, I'm not a... Listen, a master is never a debtor of reward. Amen. Now, Amen. he is to pay your wages. That's scriptural. Amen. He's to make sure you're taken care of. But you don't deserve anything other than that. You don't even, according to scripture, he don't have to owe you a thank you. You're just doing that which is your duty to do. Try. Brother Gazaway and Brother Stamper, I work for Mike Rogers. Does he go around and follow you all over the place every minute of the day and say, thank you, thank you, you're such a great, uh, you know, you're such a great employee, we couldn't make it without you? No! You don't expect that. So I want to say it's going to change the mentality about self. It'll change the motive of service. Who are we serving? When you think of yourself as unprofitable, you'll, 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 the mentality about yourself is, oh, do we not need a mentality about self-change in these days? I'm telling you, 
We live in a day where preachers think highly of themselves. Preachers, you know well, we live in a day where church members think greatly of themselves and highly of themselves also. And they think of great swelling things and they want great swelling words to be said about them. God, help us. The only word we're deserving of is that of an unprofitable servant. That's right. It changes mentality about self. It changes mentality or it changes the motive of service. So, what are we doing? Why are we doing what we're doing? That's a good question. I'm going to say it's going to change the moment of a second coming. Now, I want you to look with me in Matthew 25. Matthew 25. The Bible tells us about a, a, a man here. In verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling in a far country who called his own service and delivered to them his goods. And one he gave five talents to another two and another one to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. So uh, this man here, we call, we call him the master, he is leaving for an undis- undisclosed and unknown amount of time, and uh, he has uh, delegated uh, his resources, uh, and delegated, uh, uh, he delegated his service to take care of his resources, uh, and really has given them, given them the capability to take care of his interest. And he says here, Gave one of them five, one of them two, one of them one. But, but in order for us to understand this, and as he sent them away, and then in verse number 24, there were two servants that, that, that reproduced, that did what they're supposed to do. Then the Bible says in verse 24, uh, Then he said, uh, uh, when he, which he had received one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Honest, therefore, to put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I would have received mine own with usury. Here you've got an individual who has been given something. And uh, the, the one that has given it to him has told him, you need to take care of this for me and be a good steward of what I've given you. Right. He says, I, I can't do it. And it was necessary for these individuals to know the character and personality of their Lord in order for them to do their job. The amount given is based on the ability of the steward. They use the resources given by trading to gain a profit. But the third servant, there's a problem with him. The third steward is motivated by fear and mistrust. He says, I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. I need a volunteer, small child. What's that little boy's name? No, him, you. Come here a minute. 
Can I borrow you for a second? Come up here with me. <clears throat> Amen. Come here. Pick up that chair and carry it all the way around the church. What? You can't do that? No, he can't do it. All right, pick it up now. There you go. Let's carry it around the church. That's right. He couldn't do it by himself, could he? Remember what the remember what the Lord told the the steward. He said, "Lord, you're a hard man. You reap where you sow not." And he said, "Remember what he said? You can go back and sit down. You can sit down now. He wants to keep on carrying. Set it down right here. You can go back. Thank you, buddy." He said, "Thou knewest." That I was that way? He's saying, you didn't know me at all. That's right. Because he was saying, you wasn't doing the work anyway. It was me. I was doing it all. I was the one responsible for sin. He gave to every man his several ability. God never asked you to do anything that he would not help you to do. Right. You say, preacher, I can't. I'm an unprofitable servant. You're in good shape then. Because you can be used for the glory and honor of God. And by the way, it's not you doing it, but it's the God of heaven helping us. Amen. Amen. That's right. I said it's going to change the mentality about self. It's going to change our motive of service. It's going to change the moment of a second coming. Verse number 37 of Luke chapter 12. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. I didn't know the volunteer, brother J.D. You're just the man. Come up here just a minute. We're going to pretend like I'm, I'm the master. I'm, I'm the top dog. You're the unprofitable servant. Get down on your knees. Tell me how unprofitable you are. Tell Tell me. Tell me how unworthy you are. That's right. Think he's got the idea what an unprofitable servant is? Stand up. Now, here's what gets me and baffles me. Sit down right there. The roles are going to reverse one day. My. Ain't that what the Bible says? Am I, am I reading it right? I'm in the King James Bible. The Bible says that Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself. Try. Ah, this is my girdle here. He's going to gird himself. 
He's going to come and serve us. Say, preacher, I don't know about that. You better read your Bible. That's right. You better read what the Bible says about that. So our whole life, unprofitable, not beneficial. We could say the best that we can do is not good enough. Amen. We, we are, we're just scum. That's right. And just say that. But, but listen, one of these days, thank God, He's going to make us. The Bible says He's going to make us because I promise you this, we wouldn't do it if it was own voluntary. That's the only Calvinist portion in the Bible you're going to find where He is going to make us sit down and He's going to gird Himself and He's going to say, hey, let me serve you now. Let me serve you. Let me serve you. Let me help you. Let me give to you. You've given to me. You've been there. Now, you're not an unprofitable. So he said, but what He said... Well done, <laughs> well done, thou good and what, help me now, faithful servant. Hey, we go from being unprofitable, and that's a good place to be down here because we're still in the flesh. But one of these days, we're going to drop this robe of flesh. Thank God we'll be like him. He's going to say, now, now you can be served. Now you can handle it. Now you can take it because you're like me. See, we can't take it right now because we get puffed up and we get, to, we get higher than what we should be and we get full of pride. Oh, yeah. He's going to gird himself and serve us. Brother Toby quoted out of Ephesians chapter 2 to know the height, the breadth, the depth. I don't think we can fully understand that until what he talked about we get to heaven. We can understand a little bit of it here. Oh, glory to God. That's going to change the moment of his second coming, thank God. Well, he's going to make us sit down, gird himself, and serve us. You say, preacher, do I deserve that? No, we don't. No, sir, we don't. Amen. I've been preaching out of Ruth at church. You know what? Ruth was a Moabitish woman. That's right. And, and we always look at her. And by the way, she came from Moab. But I want to tell you, we always look at her and we picture her as being a beautiful, I mean, well-kept and, and a well-groomed lady. We don't know what kind of shape she was coming in out of Moab. But I'm glad Boaz seen her. And we look at Ruth nowadays, not from Moab's point of view, not from the focus of Moab. We look at it from the focus of Boaz. We see Boaz when we see Ruth. We see Boaz, not Moab. And you know what he did? She was a motivated damsel. She didn't deserve anything. We could all say God's been better than us than what we deserve. Drop handfuls of purpose. But when they sat down to meet, it was not them serving him, but it was him serving them. <laughs> gave her a morsel of bread. She gave her vinegar to dip her, dip her morsel in, took parched corn, amen, and gave it to her, handed it to her, and she did eat. And Boaz was serving her. Ain't that something? By the way, the entirety of Christ's life was that of service. It was. 
But I'm going to tell you what that brother Toby mentioned the other night. He said, I talk about that big guy, 300 pound, wore the big overalls. He said, I was lower than a snake's belly on a wagon wheel rut. And I'm going to tell you what this scripture makes me feel like. When I read this scripture and the Bible says that he shall make us to sit down and gird himself and serve us. I'm like Ruth saying, why, why, why would you even do that? Listen, I'm an unprofitable servant. Why would he do that for us? Oh, bless his good name. Yes. So that's going to change. Amen. So learn to be and have that mentality of an unprofitable servant. That's a good place to be. Because I promise you this. And by the way, some say, well, he's preaching to the Jews and that. That's, that's not, listen, I'm not a hyper dispensationalist at all. But I believe there's enough scripture to back up what we're preaching here. And I know he was preaching that on the Mount of Olives. Hey, but there's a reason for the Bema seat and the judgment seat. And one of these days, thank God, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We've said we're unprofitable. We realize, hey, we're nothing. We're nothing. We're unprofitable. We're unworthy. Thank God. Amen. One of these days, he's going to make us to sit down. And he's going to serve us. I'm going to tell you, you say, we're still undeserving. Amen. We're still scum. One preacher said it like this. We ain't worthy to carry hog guts in a five-gallon bucket out to the woods. But I'm glad, listen, we found our identity in Christ. That's right. Amen. My pastor used to say, God will be indebted to no man. Try it. He's going to serve us. Try it. And I'm telling you, that ought to make you that that should not make you get on a high horse by no means. Amen. I'll tell you what it should do. It should make you say, Oh, woe is me. Oh, I'm nothing. Who art thou, Lord, that thou would look upon me? To even think of me. Listen, just to save us would be. Amen. If God was the only ever done for us was to save us. We've got enough to be thankful for for all eternity. No benefits, no blessings other than salvation. Thank God we've got enough to praise Him for all eternity. But thank God it's so much more than that. Ain't you glad He wants to have a relationship with us? He wants to fellowship with us. Thank God. Hey man, through all eternity, He's going to be unfolding and showing us more. And more, and more, and more. But I want to say we need to take our place as an unprofitable servant. Thank you, Brother Neil.